All right. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Rabbit Hole Show. I'm here with a very special guest. Um, here for episode 84. We are down in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, my guest has been living down here for what five to ten years five years off and on off and on yeah um technically i'm in southport oak island yeah but, but yeah. we're recording in wilmington because something very special took place last night that uh, brought me down here um i've known this lovely lady since sixth grade so that would have been 2001 2002 let's not talk numbers it was um yeah we don't need to talk numbers but uh on a uh, youth grip uh, ski trip, back of the bus um, is where we kindled a friendship, and uh, it is still going strong today. But uh, Mackenzie Barwick, um, thank you. Thank you for having me on this. Everybody, <laughs> settle down. <laughs> um, if she seems so used to being on a mic. Um, the reason I was down here was to uh, see her on the big screen. Um, her movie premiered uh, last night here in Wilmington. I guess it was the second time it's been on the big screen. Um, it's actually been on a few times, but we had our big world premiere in Benville, Arkansas in June. And this was our um, North Carolina premiere. So it was exciting because the whole movie was shot in um not all in Wilmington, a few days were in Wilmington, but it was in North Carolina surrounding areas. So it was kind of like a big homecoming for all of us. Yeah. And it was at, was it the Talman? Thalian Hall. Thalian Hall. Historic um, Thalian Hall. I was going to say, yeah, when I was going to the bathroom, walking around, there's a lot of historic artifacts, pictures. Um, but the movie is a song for Imogene, um, which deals with a lot of mental health, addiction. Um, you play uh the role of um janelle's sister in the movie i am janelle or janelle excuse me um cheyenne's sister. cheyenne i knew cheyenne um cheyenne's sister janelle correct um but uh cheyenne is a girl who uh, is in a toxic abusive relationship starts out emotionally financially um and then turns abusive um later in the movie um and you have your own problems in the movie um and in real life and in real life maybe not those problems but <laughs> correct i mean we all have problems mm -hmm. the reason for this podcast you know we all have a story we all have struggles but we're not alone um and having guests on to share their stories and experiences in life to allow listeners to maybe relate um, or just get a glimpse of someone that they thought had, you know, the perfect life when in reality they didn't or don't. Because um, for me, I wore several different masks, kept my struggles under wraps for the most part, unless, you know, someone like you or in the family circle uh kind of had a glimpse into what was going on or saw things firsthand um so yeah but just wanted to have you on since i've known you most of my life um we've been ups and downs together um uh, been there you know for each other during some difficult things um but then also just proud of you for what you've overcome and 
Um, she might not mention this, but she's in her last semester and has what two weeks when this comes out, you'll have two weeks, um, left of undergraduate. Yes. Um, which is a big accomplishment. Two weeks and a lot of work before I can actually get my diploma, but yes, um, I'm excited. I haven't been in school for like a consistent, like 12 years or anything. I just took a big break, um, and decided to go back and now I'm getting my degree in creative writing and which fits you perfectly. I hope. <laughs> I think it does. I have some ideas of what I, where I'm going to take it, what I'm going to do with it. And can you share? Yeah. Um, one of my things I have been hopeful to do for years now, and you can't have, you can't do this job without a, um, bachelor's degree is riding or sorry, driving the Oscar Mayer Wiener mobile around the country. Um, <laughs> and it's a one year long assignment. I've written to them, um, in previous years, trying to get hired without a degree and even sent a picture of me in a hot dog suit. I've never heard back. Um, but now that I have one or now that I'm about to have one, I'm hoping they will hire me. And I would like to um, download Bumble and all the dating apps and try to go on a date in every state that I go to and write a book about it. And for some of y'all who think she's kidding, she's not. Oh, absolutely not. She she's not the type. I mean, it sounds like a joke, but that's I've known her long enough to know that is for real. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, that'd be a very interesting book. I feel like I've seen something before where someone tried to do a date in every state or yeah. something. Um, somebody just I was telling somebody about this idea, and they just told me about that and that it's been that part of it has been done. Oscar Mayer Wienermobile wasn't involved, but they wrote a book called 50 Dates and 50 States. Um, so I can't. But this is my own thing. I started, I thought of it before I knew about that. <laughs> I just think it would be an exciting thing to do. I mean, that would be a book. I'm not a big reader. Um, you know, I enjoy movies more because I'm able to see it, visualize it rather than have to create it in my head. Um, when I was in jail last, I did actually read quite a bit and was able to have that imagery in my head. But outside of those walls, uh, there's a lot of distractions for me, someone with ADD. But that's a book that I would read and that could become a good movie. Um, so, Actually, that's a great, great idea. I do have um, hopes to write a screenplay for my own self to star in. Um, so I could work that in there. Yeah, I think you could. Um, so talk to us about the movie. Because um, it's started, what, before COVID? Kind of. Oh, it started as a short film between the two ladies who wrote it. Mm -hmm. And then COVID hit, I think they said. And it had a lot more time, downtime. And they were like, all right, I think we can make this a movie. And kind of started navigating that. Correct? Yes. Um. So Erica... Actually, Erica's the one who wrote and directed the film, um, and Christy is who played my sister, but they own Honeyhead Films, the company, together. It's a production company here in Wilmington, and it's a female-led company. Um, so I think Erica had written the script, or at least finished the script during COVID. And then basically they went through the process of, of shooting a proof-of-concept trailer, which is something you do um, to basically have something to show investors and try to get funded and all of that stuff so 
I um, had taken, I started taking on camera acting classes when I moved back down to the beach three years ago. Um, and my coach, acting coach, shout out to Megan. Um, she had told me about Honeyhead Films and I had followed them on Facebook and they posted an audition for something. And anyway, I ended up working on a project with them, like a small thing that I was just like a featured background extra in, but that's how I met both of them. And I think actually I met Christy that day. And, um, it's this whole thing because I, they called me there at, I don't know what time of night it was, but I ended up staying like the holding part was just, you like sat in your car until they were ready for you on set. It was filmed on a road on a street here in Wilmington. And I was in my car for hours. They never called me (laughs) and she was like, I'm so sorry that we didn't get to you. Um, you can come back at five in the morning or like six in the morning, something really early if you want to, but I understand if you don't. And anyway, so we have, we have this running joke that you definitely went back. I know you, I definitely went back. Um, I wanted to be featured in that little thing that they did. Um, I mean, but it takes that though, like in several years when you are, you know, on, you know, in movie theaters every month, you'll be able to look back and be like, I remember when I sat in my car for <laughs> five hours, didn't get a call and, uh, went back the next morning at 5 a.m. But I mean, it takes yeah. that dedication. If you really want something, you're going to do it. Yes. I, uh, it was a very small thing, but it was, it was just like a couple weeks later that they put out an audition for the proof of concept and they needed a Janelle. And I went to their, actually went to Erica's house to, um, audition for it and I was super nervous and it was just the three of us me Erica and Christy and so that's what so Christy and I have a joke that um the whole reason that they put me in the part for Janelle for the proof of concept was because I had to wait in my car for hours and never get called (laughs) um how was that in your car I mean I from my assumption would be you were chill at first and then got pretty anxious and yeah, I think I was pretty antsy. And then you got in your head. I don't know. I don't remember getting in my head, but yeah, probably if I know myself at all. Um, I think I was just like, do to do. I was just kind of bored. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I feel like it started out that way. Yeah. And then you were getting anxious and like, oh, they don't want me, maybe. Yeah. Well, I didn't I didn't think that because I know how this stuff goes. You know, you have your time that you think you're gonna film everything in and then See, and I don't know any of yeah. that. So it just keeps getting, you know. Push and push and push and that's what happens. So I didn't think it was because of me. I just um, didn't Time. know what was going on. Yeah. And anyway, so after when I booked the proof of concept, I then months down the road had to audition for the actual role of Janelle for the movie. Did they come to you? Like I know you said you saw a post about it after <laughs> a few weeks later after you had done the previous kind of small. What was it called? The thing I was a featured extra in, it was called Thomas. Thomas. It was a short. Correct. So after that, a few weeks, but did they approach you? Hey, we think you'd be good for this. Or what was that? Since they, you had already built a relationship with them in a way. Yeah. So I, well, I had actually, um, I think I said that I may have met Erica on that set that day, but I didn't meet her. I met, only met Christy and they didn't reach out to me. I just saw the audition on their Facebook page um, or the casting call on their Facebook page. And I sent in my headshot. And Christy had respond like emailed me or something and said that they wanted me to come in for the audition. And when I was there, I think 
Christine mentioned like Erica saw my headshot and was like, oh my gosh, audition her. Um, it was about the first headshots. I'd just gotten them done. And this was a black and white one that I'd submitted on my BFF Kirsten Hennessy, um, did them for me. So shout out to her. Yeah. Shout out to Kirsten for, you know, taking a picture that ultimately got me my, my big your, role, your big role yeah. that, um, many to come the first of many. I hope so. I know so. That's, that's the hope. <laughs> I mean, you've always had a good voice singing. She can sing, but she doesn't do it uh, for just anybody. You can catch me at the Tiki Tavern. If you're in Wilmington, on karaoke nights. Southport Tiki Tavern, you can hear her. So she has expanded a little bit in her singing. Um, but she's always been very charismatic, outgoing, um, goofy, and in the theater kind of world. Um. And I knew she was going to, you know, get somewhere, do something big. It just she needed to get it out of her, get away from Charlotte, I think. Oh, yeah, I definitely needed to get away we'll from talk Charlotte. talk about that in a little bit if you want. Um, but talk to the listeners about the movie, um, you know, and even on set. Because last night they talked about Safe Place while filming. Um, as I mentioned in the beginning, it is domestic violence relationship toxic small town you know financial struggles death within the family how do you navigate that grieving so just talk about what the movie plot storyline is and then kind of just what it was filming you know your first movie and then just a movie that is can be hard to watch and maybe even film yeah um so the movie is, um, in short, a it kind of follows a woman that is in this mentally abusive relationship that you can kind of see that it never gets physical in the movie, but it's like if she were to stay in the relationship with him, that's kind of where it was one going. Scene where he didn't hit her, but. He accidentally, yeah, um, yeah, a truck door hit her. Yeah, so it was, but it was like you said, leading to the abusive relationship. Um, yeah, so yeah, keep going. And it just it follows her. Um, basically, she she leaves him, and it's kind of like that whole. We see the whole process of her doing it, and in this, she goes to her mom's house, where like just a few days later, after she's there. Um, her mom suddenly dies. She'd been struggling with health issues and that's where she reconnects with her sister who is me. Um, and they haven't seen each other in years. I have a son in the movie and she, you know, has never met him. Um, and it just kind of like goes through all like the trauma with our past and, and then see all of this stuff unfold. Um, and so it's a true indie film. It's, Kind of has like a bittersweet ending, but it's very, you know, emotional and yeah. Um, and uh, the two writers, um, the two ladies, um, mentioned last night in the Q and A that they had been in relationships, um, you know, similar to that. Which I think, uh, speaking with, um. You know, some of your friends afterwards, they were like, I think we all have been in a relationship to that extent. Um, 
you know, I'm not a girl, obviously, but I would feel like um, I could see that, you know, um, kind of the mean uh, being manipulative emotionally, financially. Um, and like I said, for me, even, um, you know, I was very codependent in past relationships because I didn't love myself. So when someone said they loved me and I was in a relationship with them, I latched on and I couldn't see my life without them. So in a way that is, you know, emotionally, um, you know, can be abusive and very straining um, on your partner because I would feel like they have so much responsibility or feel like, um, you know, that responsibility, the weight, um, you know, and worrying about the other person's well-being, their health. Um, so, yeah, um, I mean, it was a powerful movie. Um, it was sold out um, and a lot of people uh, came to support you and the cast. Um, and I got to meet the uh, antagonist at one point in the movie. I was like, I wanted her to kill you. Like, yeah. so he's he a wonderful, sweet um human in real life. He's, you know, one of the best people I've ever met. Yeah. So. When I, I literally <laughs> walked up to him at the after party last night and was like, I wanted you to die in that movie. Yeah. And he was, but in just the way he interacted with me was so genuine, sincere, uh, total opposite of what uh, his character was. And that, but that goes to show just how good of an actor he is. And out on to Hayden. Yeah, and I talked to him last night, and he said he would love to come on the podcast. Um, so I'm gonna try and make that happen. Um, he lives out in Colorado, so maybe we'll do one in Colorado or just via Zoom. But uh, yeah, uh, he played a great character, or he played his character great. Uh, his character was um, one that a lot of women and even men. Um, I think uh, in my intro to human services, shout out to uh, Professor McDonald, but um, I think he said 95% of DVs are, you know, male, but there are women who are the abusers, um, less likely, but um, it does happen on both sides. Um, and that's what this movie is about, um, to bring awareness, shed light into a relationship um, but Cheyenne, so when she comes home, um, and she doesn't know her mom is, uh, sick. Uh, well, yeah, or, she, she, she did. Okay. Um, she did. Yeah. 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 Um, um, so I guess she did it. Um, but gets there, mom gets home from the hospital, um, and then, like you said, within a day or two, mom passes. Um, but there was a it. The movie also, as you said, it in the past a lot of trauma within the family dynamics, um, which can also play a big part into how you you know live your life. Um, but yeah, all around it was just a good movie. I think you said it'll once it's bought, it'll probably go to Amazon or one of the streaming services yeah we hope to get it distributed um and i mean i'm assuming it will get distributed i mean it's I really, an amazing I'm not, movie so it definitely will yeah. but i know they're going to submit to a horror film festival kind of tackle the 
South region because she they've been submitting to other places. It, 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 the first North Carolina premiere needed to be. We'll see what what happens next. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, it was my first movie premiere, and I was honored to you know have my good friend sister be on the big screen at my first movie premiere proud of her um because she has overcome a lot uh, she is the only girl um grew up five brothers um and um but yeah has overcome a lot um so i don't know how what you want to talk about you know with your story <laughs> um but oh lord yeah so um i love her family um and we all have struggles within our family. Um, I like to say you go to church on Sunday, you have that fight at home in the car, and then you or everyone put on your happy face once you get out and walk into the church and you're that perfect family. Uh, it's BS. No family is perfect. If you are, you're not. <laughs> I'm here to tell you. That's it. That's, um, that's what it is. You know, um, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people looked into my family like, oh, the perfect family while I was in and out of jail rehabs, you know, we hit it pretty well um, until we couldn't anymore. And thankfully, I was given that second chance. Um, and people ask me a lot. So who do you keep up with from high school? You know, a lot of the people I keep up with, I didn't really hang out with in high school. They are um Laura best friends and she was uh ninth grade when I was a senior or Mac and I were a senior. Um so I hang out with a lot of them and then Mac. That's uh, me. <laughs> yep. Uh our relationship is uh unbreakable. Um I feel like there's been times where it's been tested. Um Definitely. Um, in October of 2016, um, I remember, I'm kidding. I don't know. Oh, I was like, Oh boy, what did I do? Um, yeah. Cause 2016 was a, you know, a year for a few things. Um, so yeah, I just randomly said that year. <laughs> so that, uh, I was like, uh, that was the first year I was in, um, psych ward first year rehab. Uh, that was, my third arrest that year so there's a lot that happened so i honestly didn't know where you're going with that yeah that's awkward i just said 2016 <laughs> well <laughs> randomly i've worked so. through all that yeah. so um i'm healed from that but yeah so people come in your life for a season for a lifetime and we talked about this a little last night um you know, there's people in high school who I thought would be in my wedding, best friends for life. I haven't talked to them in eight plus years, some, you know, a little less. But um, and I understand that uh, people's views, morals shift. And the way I was living, people did not want to associate with me. But at the same time as a best friend i would think you would call me out on the way i was living instead of throwing in that white towel which took me a while to work through um and that's why it's it means so much to the people who stuck with me through 
my struggles and are still here to see me on the other side. No ill will to the people who decided to throw in that towel, wish them the best, still love them, but it is what it is. Um, you know, no, no ill will, as I said. Um, yeah. So I'm going to just turn it over to you, let you share your story, whatever you want of your story. Um, Cause I know it'll be your story. will whatever you share of it will be able to help a lot of people. Um, well, since we're transitioning from talking about the film into my story, which is a lot to do with my family and um, how I grew up and stuff. It was, I'm just going to make a note that because of relationships with all of my brothers, um, like you already said, I think I have five older brothers. I'm the only girl. Um, it was helpful when I had to film and get into this emotional, you know, space to be able to like embody the character, you know, for who she needed to be in the movie because of my past and my history. Um, I know you just talked about how a lot of people say they've dated men like, um, Alex in real life. And I have definitely dated people that have manipulated me and gaslit me and stuff like that. But, um, my main struggles with men were the ones family. Um, I went through a lot of years of mental abuse from one of them. Um, and honestly, two of them, um, not so much consistent from the other one, but you know, it was terrible. And it was one of those things that, we lived together at the time I lived with my mom in Charlotte and he was also there and it would just be days where if something went wrong, he'd, you know, I mean, he was in my face, he would yell. It would like, it's hard to explain, um, how bad it, it was and got, um, unless you were there, which I know you've, I think that you've been there. I mean, for, I've been there and, um, yeah, it's, and it's tough for me as a male, someone who sees you as a sister, best friend, like, do I step in? Do I? And, you know, this was back in high school, college, when I would come home, um, you know, and to throw this out, people can change. Um, but, yeah, it was tough to watch and something I'd never grew up with. Um, and I know, especially in high school, some people judged you for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I've always been an open book. I'm still an open book. Um, and That's why she's a movie star. <laughs> <laughs> I was never one to hide anything. I think that this kind of stuff should be talked about. I'd, I didn't talk about it for a long time. And actually, but it honestly wasn't like, so I, I went last, was it? No. Yeah, last year I went and spoke at Covenant Day. They have Mental Health Week now. What is mental health when we were in high school? You know, that was never talked about. No, nothing against Covenant Day, Carmel Christian, all the schools I've spoken at. But, I mean, it wasn't talked about in the home. It wasn't talked about at church. It Now that stigma of mental health is becoming a safe space, safe thing to talk about, whereas before – it was kind of hush hush or, yeah. you know, just doesn't leave the house. Um, 
So yeah. Yeah, for sure. It wasn't um and I think especially like in that I mean I hate to say it, but in when you're going to private Christian schools, it is kind of like a just like you said, it's a hush hush thing. Um there was a few people growing up like that were mentors, I guess, that had reached out to me and they would message me and they they would be like, God's really put you on my mind this week and whatever. And I noticed like a, a handful of those people, I would reach out to them later and they would never follow up with me. And it was just this weird thing because I'm like, okay, you're supposed to be. And I'm not trying to get into the religious talk at all um, or not that we can't, but. You know, there's to me, I looked at it like they're supposed to be the mentor. Right. And they're I mean, why did you reach in. out? <laughs> yeah. <and it> if just, <laughs> you didn't want to have a dialogue. Yeah. Or hear my problems or be that ear I needed or that shoulder to cry, whatever it may be. Right. Are you just doing that to pat yourself on the back? Yeah. And not necessarily with these people, but even like friends and um, like you were saying earlier, about people that you thought would be there for you forever and weren't. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with uh, my family. And um, it was just not, just weren't like other families. Um, and a lot of people didn't know how to handle that. And like looking back on it, I know that a lot of the ways I was in friendships and other and relationships and stuff like that was, you know, those relationships were directly affected by what I was dealing with at home and which was a shit storm. Yeah. All the time to I put mean, it in layman's yeah. terms <laughs> That's a, if for listeners who for can't imagine. Yeah. Who can't imagine. All right. What was his home life like? And I'm not going to say, and, you know, that's for you to share, but things that I saw and, um, and I'm friends with all your brothers. Um, but, and people change over time and evolve, but that did definitely play a huge factor, at least in the guys that I was with in high school and just the way they viewed you, yeah. which you already know this we've talked about. And I think even some of them probably said it directly to your face. Yeah. Um, a lot of judges out there. Yeah. And yeah, but, and I can understand because they didn't have that home life. <laughs> yeah. So how do you deal with that? How do you talk to someone or be a friend or care for someone who is having, you know, that hurricane, that shit storm at home on a daily, weekly basis and they're an emotional wreck, but trying to be a good friend, but have all this chaos at home. Yeah. Um, just this is, I feel like, a great example of of this kind of thing where people didn't really understand. But my one of my high school best friends, who I'm no longer friends with, um, uh, was I guess she really hadn't experienced what had gone on in my house. Um, eventually, she did, but before she had, um, the guy that I dated for a couple years when I was. I think I started dating him when I was 19, who's probably going to watch this podcast, um, but I won't say his name. Um, he knows who he is. Might even be a uh, guest on the show in the, past, <laughs> in the future. Um, but I remember 
I was talking to my best friend about it at the time and just saying how I had said something about my brother and like, I don't know exactly what it was, but she was like, next time, why don't you just stand up for yourself? And I remember that boyfriend at the time was like, you try standing up to him. And it was just like, she just didn't understand. And like, just to put it in a talking about your brother, talking about my brother and to put in like a better picture. One of the last times that I went through this with him. um, And like, I still go through it with text messages, but one of the last times I was physically still living with him. There's a window, a stained glass window that was up. If you walked up our stairs into our second floor, um, there's a stained glass window mm-hmm. on the left. Yep. And he had gotten mad one day and, and threw, I was in my room and he threw something through the window and broke it. Um, and there was glass all over the floor and he immediately came in and started screaming in my face. Um, and it would get so bad. We lived on a cul-de-sac. Um, With a pond to the right. And yeah. The woods behind the house. and Yeah. And like how it was almost two acres of land and how far would you say the next house up was? Like I always say half a football field away, but I don't know if that's accurate. I just can't. I don't I don't measure well. I would say a football field. Yeah. I maybe. mean, it's been so long since I've been to that house since y'all have moved. And, but yeah, I mean. For listeners, Something. at least a football field. Yeah, and I had to um, multiple times. The neighbors would call nine one one because they heard him screaming, and they would show up, and I'd have to explain to the cops that he wasn't hitting me because um, he wasn't. He never touched me. But no. and I'm gonna let you continue that thought in a second. But to just emphasize domestic violence doesn't have to be physical. Yeah. And that showed in the movie and then what you're talking about and have dealt with um, from, you know, a family member, those who protect you, but also, you know, can put fear in you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I mean, and like when this would happen, the cops would, I would ask them to sit, sit there with me until it was out where I could get out safely just because it's still, I, I don't know if I ever thought that he would hit me. And I think that I probably did at some point, um, but it was still scary. And I don't think he would, but nonetheless, it's still very scary. Someone striking fear into you yeah and causing you know wreaking havoc and threatening you without you know are they going to hit me are they not i don't think he would have but you never know yeah you never know what someone's state of mind is and a lot and this had a lot to do not just with him with multiple my brother's um drugs um other thing that i'll touch on uh but, you know, it's just you don't ever know. And I think that the last time, the whole glass breaking thing, when that happened, my oldest brother, Jason, who is now passed away. Um, yeah. Rest, rest he, easy. He showed up and was like, I had called him um, to come over, I think, that day. Because how much older was he than you? It was, I mean, I know it was quite a bit, but. Yeah, so Jason died um, three years ago when he was 46 and I'm. 32 now so 
The listeners. That'd be 14 years. I'll have a calculator. Yeah, right. 14 okay. plus three, so 17. I'm majoring in creative writing for a reason. Yeah. So 17 years. Yeah. He died when he was 46, and that was three. You're, yes, 14, I think. Something. Give or take. We'll so say that. 17. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we're both bad at that. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he, uh, he showed up and I remember him being like, you'll never see her again. And it was just like this whole thing. And obviously that, that didn't happen. Um, I think it's just so interesting looking back. I've been in therapy for two years now and, uh, it's helped me tremendously, especially with my relationships with men. Um, I still struggle for sure. I'm not out of the woods yet, but uh, <laughs> you're working on it. Yeah. Um, it's, I had a thought and I just, uh, oh, looking back, it's like, I really never got like, it's not like anyone straight up was like, it's your fault. But I remember, um, talking to my dad one day about it and he was like, you, well, you just need to move out. And people would say those kind of comments, like in that it makes it seem like it's never like this is messed up. He like in the movie stop. last night, I think there was a comment. Maybe even you made it to her. Or I can't remember who, but someone well, was like, "Why don't you just move out?" Yeah, Sandra, our mom. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, that's. Um, I don't know if that was the line, but she did say. I remember like, she at least alluded to it. Yeah, just seeing it, I was like, "Well, yeah, obviously everyone says that, but it's not that easy because again, Alex, in the movie, well, I put a roof over your head." I don't want you to work. So there was a lot of manipulation right. there. So moving out's not that easy. Um, cause Cheyenne didn't have the financial stability resources to just move out. Uh, easier said than done. Yeah. Which is where I was at in my life. Um, I'm sure I could have done better at that time, but I, I, for years and years, the best way I know how to describe it is I felt, I felt stuck. I felt really, really stuck and didn't know what I was doing in my life. I would move to the beach for the summer and work. And then winter would come. I'd move back um, because there was no work for me anymore. It's seasonal down here. Seasonal. Yeah. Um, And I really haven't. I think because of my family stuff, um, I just knew that I wanted to be better. And I, none of us, my parents didn't go to college. My brothers didn't go to college. I'll be the first Barwick to ever graduate college. And for listeners, um, this is not to knock you, even though I did joke with you way back in the day, but you went to, I was going to joke about this actually. So you can hold off and let you do it later. No, no, no. I was going to do it earlier, but then (laughs) you went to coastal or was it the bridge program? Or it was coastal Carolina when I got accepted to the bridge program, which is only go for a semester and then they, Based on GPA, they put you at coast. Are you? Yeah, well, kind of. You're still a Coastal Carolina student, but you couldn't pledge and you couldn't play sports. Um, neither of those were going to be an issue for me. Um, <laughs> and you had to go. You basically went to the community college, which was right next to Coastal Carolina. It's like the university's here, and then Ori Tech is here, um, or you know the opposite. Um, and you had to maintain at least a 2.0 for a year. And then you just automatically got into coastal. Okay. So a year. Yeah. Um, and I didn't go to class and I think, you know, didn't you, you did p- pass one class. I remember what in music it or, was theater or theater. I knew <laughs> yeah. it was something of, yeah. um, cause I remember I would go to come down a lot and 
Yeah. It was fun. Someone didn't go to class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, theater is the only class I went to. I was to. like, are you a student? Are yeah. you, uh, <laughs> but, uh, my roommates, um, liked weed and I never had done it before. Cause my brothers, um, you know, were, they did a lot of drugs. Um, and so I had never really touched that stuff. Um, until, until then. And I, I just, I mean, I was 18. I didn't want to go to college. I only did it because my friends were going and I wanted to get out of my house. (laughs) And in South Charlotte, after high school, you just go to college. Yeah. You know, that's the next phase of life. Especially in our high school that we went to, that it was a college prep school. That's what they were supposed to. um, And I say we're supposed to because I remember I was one of the only students that I knew of that where they didn't meet with me about going to college and like having that um, counseling I'm sure they did with me, that, but yeah. I, that was so long ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, you have three credits. Yeah. And I, but I would, and I joked with you, but I was like, you're better than this. <laughs> like whatever you do, whether it's college or your passion is theater, music, go after it. But you had to go down your own journey to get to where you're at now. And it wasn't an easy journey. Um, so that's not to knock you. Um, it's fun it's funny i mean that's it is yeah um but that just goes to show um you know theater and music are your passion since that's the only class you went to yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i had a good time though i cried when uh the semester or the year was over they said uh we don't need you back here as a student yeah i had made a lot of friends friends um one friend i keep up with uh i haven't seen each other we haven't seen each other in years but I do, and um, we talk every so often, but I, you know, once I was done with that, you know, I spent years so, wondering. Yeah, and that's what I was kind of going to segue into a little bit. Um, for me, I went to college. I got a bachelor's degree. I changed my major. I don't know how many times. Um you know, at one point it was to um, finance because that's what my dad does. And I was like, well, I just need to do that. He brings in good money. You know, he supports our family. Um, he um, is successful within the community. You know, people respect him, love him. That's what I want. So I guess that's what I need to do. Not for me. Um, yeah. And then, you know, switch to... You know, I liked business law, but I didn't want to sit and just read case studies. And so it was like, what do I what am I going to do? I just had no purpose. And then um, as a lot of people know, when um, David Shannon passed, um, that was the first death that really um, I struggled with um, and went down the rabbit hole for the next um nine, 10 years and really didn't know what my purpose was. And I, I didn't have a job longer than a year. I think a year was right at my limit. And then it was like, and I was always in fear of, I mean, it was like the honeymoon phase for a little bit when I got a new job and then it turned into, all right, when are they going to fire me? Or it was, that was always on the back of my mind. Like we need to have a meeting. Oh, I guess I'm getting fired now. And it was just that constant fear of, um, kind of abandonment. 
um, because of relationships with girls in the past, friendships, and then that carried over to I have no purpose. So therefore, I'm going to get fired eventually. And I mean, I would get fired. Um, and then when I worked at Premier, I was there maybe a year and a half um, before I went into um, the psych ward and then the rehabs. Um, and, um, but just didn't know what my purpose was and thought that was going to be a place for me to grow career wise, but, um, became toxic and the drug use got much more rampant, um, and didn't find my purpose until two and a half years ago. So with that being said, you have to go through your journey. There's no time limit. Sorry. There's not, (laughs) there is no time limit. Everyone is on a path, a journey. Um, no matter how old, how young you are. Um, but if you're here alive today, you have purpose, um, whether you believe that or not. I didn't believe that until I woke up off life support and I was like, well, I'm still here. You know, I didn't want to die that night. Um, you know, that wasn't my purpose for overdosing. There was no, I just wanted to have fun. You know, that's what I did. Um, but when I woke up, I knew I needed to change and, if I wanted to obtain all the goals, marriage, kids, you know, successful in the community, you know, giving back, I wasn't going to be able to obtain those with the way I was living. So I knew I needed to make a difference in purpose. I had it because he didn't call me home. Um, so like you said, there's no time limit to finding your purpose. And a lot of times that journey that we're on leads you to your purpose. Yes. I think the, um, like saying you just said you've spent years it's kind of limbo um which is where i was at in my 20s i call them the lost years um <laughs> but i've heard the 30s are the best years yeah so far they have been i can attest to that yeah um, i would yeah the first oh yeah we're the same age <laughs> yeah because i t- right when i turned 30 it was a month after all that and then at, yeah yeah the so 30s have been amazing except for yeah. the first month month who cares about the first month? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like it was when I actually moved um, away permanently. Like I said, I moved back and forth. I yeah. did that for years and years. Um, three years ago, I moved down to the beach, and I have not been back since. I mean, I've been, I was but not. Say, you've been to I've visit. been to visit, yeah. Rarely. Um, I know. We hate that. Yeah. But I feel like that's when I started to... Now I did I did go back to school when I was still in Charlotte. I went to CBCC and got Which my associates. Heck yeah. <laughs> yep. Um go CBCC. Uh I'm I don't modern. even know the mascot. I don't think is I don't one? even know if they have one. Yeah. It's community college. I don't think I don't it's know if they do. Top 5 in the community in the United States it is. Though, I thought so. it was actually the uh best one. Oh, it's it top might five. be, but I know it's top 5 yeah. for sure. No, it's a great school. Uh, yeah. Um Yeah, I uh I decided to go back at 20 or I wanted to go back before 26, I think, but I couldn't get student loans um, without being like, you have to be 26 and I have to put your parents on everything and I wouldn't be able to get them. And unfortunately I did not have help in that area, um, which is fair, fair. Um, But when I did go back, I think I had like another semester left when I moved, cause I was doing it online, for I was here for my associates and, um, I have a point. The point is 
I was just going to go through the process of like going back to school. Cause I still, even though I started, it was still a struggle for me. I remember the first day before, I think it was the first day or it was like the first big assignment I had to do my first semester going to CBCC. And this was when I first went, I did take classes um, in person. Um, my, one of my brothers, not the brother I was talking about before, but he had, uh, he overdosed on heroin, um, mm. that night and he came downstairs and he just, he was at the kitchen table. He fell onto the table. Um, and, and my mom was like screaming, um, to call 911 and I stayed, mama, mama Barra, clever. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I stayed as calm as I could and I called 911 and they were like, Telling me what to do to give him like CPR, basically. He this was, was the first time, right? No, it wasn't the first. I mean, it was the first that, time I'd ever seen it yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Um, I guess it was the first time that it was that bad. I, cool. I, yeah, I, yeah. Um, so he anyway, I, I they got there. He was completely blue on our kitchen floor. Um, the the EMTs got there and they gave him Narcan and got him back. But he was, I mean, if they would have been. Five minutes later, he would have been dead. Um, I mean, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. He w- yeah. basically was dead. Um, and then it was like right before I started at UNCW that Jason passed away. And that was an unexpected loss. Um, yeah, that was very unexpected. Yeah. So it was just. It was still like the family stuff. I mean, obviously, those are two big things. But aside from that. Sure, I moved three and a half hours away. It doesn't make it stop. It hasn't made it stop. It's been a, um, it's still been a struggle, but I do feel like getting away from that toxic environment that I was in when I was in Charlotte is, has helped me like do, do the things I want to do. And I always also said, like, I felt like I was in, I felt like I could see what I wanted, but it was in this like glass case that I couldn't break. Correct. Yeah. And it just, and I, I didn't know what I needed until, I did what I did. And looking back, I realized that it's just kind of, I think that's part of the reason I was able to finally decide to go back and start doing acting classes. Cause it was something I always wanted to do and like figuring out the creative writing thing. And I've, you know, just like little things that I've done and accomplished. And I feel like I used to be so, Oh, it's not a big deal. And, but to me, it is a big deal. I'm, I'm, I've struggled a lot with family stuff, obviously. Um, and I feel like I've overcome a lot there. So it's just like, you know, it is a big deal. I, guess. I mean, it's a huge deal and you have overcome a lot and you've had a lot of opportunities or chances um, to throw in the white towel on your life and say, F this, I'm done. I'm going to do whatever or I'm going to take, you know, uh, take my life and die by suicide, whatever it may be. The, the odds were stacked against you and that's a, that's a way to put it. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything can be worse, but there's, yeah, I mean, everyone's there's, it's perception and it's correct. Yeah. And it's your life. Yeah. And that's what you went through. Um, and you even said last night, cause you just made a comment that made me think, um, that uh the comedic relief um and that's and you just made that comment but i mean i can testify that that was kind of an outlet for you yeah um when we were doing the q a last night 
Erica, the writer of the film, had said something about my character, um, you know, using comedy as a defense mechanism. And I you got, put a few jokes in there. I took the I took the <laughs> mic and I was like, I don't still I don't use uh, comedy as a defense mechanism in real life. And um, I got a good amount of laughter because everyone knows. And the one, yeah, <laughs> that's say what the I ones do. who know you know <laughs> yeah. that uh, that's, you know, a mechanism. But that's one that a lot of people use. Yeah, and actually I am I think about it all the time and and sometimes it like I'm really I will have days where I'm like really down and my the family stuff really breaks my heart. Um because I just didn't have like I see other people's how they're with their family and it's just I've just never had um normalcy there. Uh maybe when I was like really little, the times that I don't remember. Um but I look back on it and I think about it all the time like Oh, imagine if everything was good growing up and I just wouldn't be who I am. And I just can't, I can't, I don't want to be that person. I was going to say, who would you be? Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't be you. I wouldn't be me. And I probably, um, I'm just going to guess that I wouldn't make as many people laugh if I grew up in a normal way. (laughs) Yeah. Because I mean, as you said, comedy was your relief and your outlet from a lot of traumatic events that happened um or defense mechanism um but uh, yeah i mean you've made me laugh a bunch over the years especially times i didn't want to laugh you know you've always been that really good friend that sister-like friend who never ever thought about leaving me our friendship our relationship when a lot of other people did. Um, but I think a lot of that is because of you knew how to react or you knew what I was going through personally because of what you grew up around. Um, and then that's another reason that, you know, I I was friends with all your brothers still am. And I haven't talked to a lot of them in a while. I saw one of them. I've seen one of them, one of, um, you know, who um, you mentioned um, that fell out in the kitchen floor. Um, recently. Rescue mission, right? Yeah. But he uh, was volunteering. Volunteering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've, he's been there the last two months volunteering and um, just so proud of him because less than six months ago, three, four months ago, he was on the street, you know, and um, the people that you see on the street corner are human beings. Um you know, so while I drive by, I might not give them money. I'll give them food, but I'm always saying a prayer for that individual because they have a mom, dad, siblings, friends, and they didn't choose addiction. You know, they might have innocently smoked weed or done something that led them or hell even had a surgery and were put on oxys that turned into, you know, an addiction and now you need that to be able to wake up and get through your day and just function. So they're human beings. And, um, I mean, that's a little rabbit hole I went on, but just proud of him. Um, and was talking to your dad last night, um, you know, just about that and other things, you know, malpractice, the doctors, (laughs) um, inside joke, (laughs) um, with us right now. My dad just got shoulder surgery. Yeah. (laughs) 
but no malpractice yeah, on the no, current. No, no. Yeah. So well, um, I don't think so. No, 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 no. He's very happy with the outcome. Yeah. Um, a lot but of progress like a in nice three shoulder. weeks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, just family dynamics. Um, but it's just, and honestly, I didn't even think about recording with you, not because I didn't want to, but just. He was like, oh, if she's in a movie, better do this, you know. Before she gets <laughs> Better big, invite her now. <laughs> better invite her now before I have to talk to her agent. Uh, no, my mom, because um, you're a part of our family. Um, the Heights love you, know you, and adore you. Um, but my mom was like, have you asked Mac to be on the podcast? And I said, honestly, I didn't even think about it. You know, <laughs> I was just coming down excited to see her movie premiere. And, um, and then, honestly, I didn't. I was like, maybe she doesn't want to talk about, but obviously I didn't ask. So once my mom put that thought in my head, I was like, hey, and you were like, duh. I had to, I mean, I wouldn't say I said, I had to call my agent and just make sure this was allowed. Um, Yeah. I'm just kidding. I love being here. (laughs) You're not forced. (laughs) I was not forced. Um, However, I did leave Chad in the Airbnb this morning. Um, and my phone died and I was gone for like four hours and I was like, oh my God, he's going to kill but, me. And while I was a little frustrated, um, I had a, a movie I watched um, and napped a little bit and did some schoolwork. But you, it wasn't to, you know, you actually had another movie showing this morning that you didn't know you were going to be taken yes. to. So I went to the second screening of our, our films. Correct. Um, and then had a Q&A and all this. So. You know, we worked it out. Healthy conversation. Uh, and After the yelling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it was but it was just cool to see. The movie last night. Because I knew a little bit of it, but I didn't know the dynamic of like how intricate DV or domestic violence was going to be in the movie. Um, and I knew you had a big part, but I didn't know it was going to be, you know big time um so a lot of people didn't realize that no i mean i knew you were in the movie quite a bit but i didn't know it was like after the first what 20 minutes 15 minutes maybe i I think i come in about 25 ish minutes yeah which is leading in the first 25 is the painting the picture of cheyenne and alex and their relationship and then her getting the courage to sneak out in the middle of the night um and then the movie star Mac comes in for every other scene, basically. I think that a lot of people thought um, that I was just like, they were just going to see me in like a background scene of something. I knew, I knew that <laughs> I was wasn't like, the case. Um, I mean, I guess if you watch the trailer, you know that I'm in it, but. And I was asking um, to see the trailer. I don't know for how long. And then finally you sent so it to sorry. me. I know. I'm, I, yeah. Again, had to go through the agent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was cool just to see that movie and then know your background, your personal background. Um, it was just, it was beautiful to see what all you've gone through, still struggle with, but now you're finding your purpose um, and you're shining. Um, I hope I'm shining. I'm probably not shining right now. Uh, last <laughs> night was a late night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So as we wrap up, um, I ask every guest, and I do it on the spot, but 
advice. Oh, and I forgot about the question. Everyone okay. forgets. <laughs> everyone forgets. And I like to do it on the spot because it's a raw, authentic. And then if someone thought about it, they could always, you know, come up with something or look something up. But like with all that you've been through, you know, from family to some DV um, to getting three credit hours to now in theater in theater now to um, about to graduate um, just had your uh, movie premiere um, first movie first of many um, hopefully and I know that for a fact um, but what advice do you have for listeners you know um, it can be something on family dynamics uh, advice just for someone in a domestic violence relationship uh someone struggling to find purpose do i go back to school whatever it is but what's some advice and it doesn't just have to be one thing but what's some advice that um has gotten you through life and kind of where you're at now i feel like the best advice that i can give is um just i don't know if this sounds cliche but to stay hopeful and and keep going and like you can if you're struggling to find your purpose or you're struggling to which I still feel like I don't know exactly what my purpose is um but just if you're in this low place to keep going because it really does get better and I know it's hard to understand that until it actually happens um but you know, there's many nights that I was suicidal. Um, and, you know, I feel like, as I say so many times with people that end up doing that, it's someone that you don't expect to do it. Um, and that's, I feel like if I would have done it, nobody would have expected me to do that. And just, you know, if you're in that low place, just reach out to a friend and, just know that you can overcome anything, even though it's really hard um, to realize that maybe at the time of your struggles is very possible. <coughs> and there is light at the end of the tunnel and your struggles really, like we talked about, make you who you are. And they are not to be something that we're ashamed of, but proud of and thankful that it shaped us into the people that we become that's some amazing advice um and well i know that it's always good to have that reminder um because it can be easy to forget into the busyness of life and you know you have one bad day and that day can carry on um to other days so that's always a good reminder and just um as you alluded to just um your vulnerability and being open, um, not to everyone, but to safe people, um, that you trust, um, you know, therapy, as you said, you've been going, uh, the last two years and still have work to do, but you've gotten through a lot. Um, shout out to Madewell center in Wilmington. So okay. if you're in Wilmington, need a therapist, what is it? Madewell center, Madewell center yes. in Wilmington. Uh, if you're looking for a therapist, uh, the movie star would, Highly recommend it. Five stars. Five stars all across the board. Amen. I've um, only seen the same therapist for two years there, but um, all my interactions with anyone there is. Um, 
in just community. Um, that's and, not a lie. I, sorry, I've seen two therapists. I do. They have a holistic coach too, which I I see. Shout out to her too. All right, go ahead. <laughs> um, but um, just community and who you surround yourself with, and being able to be open and not hold those struggles um, of life that can get you down in, which I did for so long, and um, you know, took me to suicidal thoughts and suicidal actions um and thankfully i'm still here thankfully you're still here but like you said a lot of times it's the people you wouldn't expect that die by suicide um and it's tough you know a guest i had uh mccall moore i think episode 81 um it was just a few ago um her fiance died by suicide um i think it was two months prior to their wedding day. Um, and that was a shock to, you know, everyone that knew Elliot. Um, but yeah, life's precious. Um, it's hard, but like you said, there is light at the end of the tunnel. These dark days will pass, but you can't do it alone. If you do it alone, that's, that's when those thoughts in your head can become reality. Yes, and because you said all that, I want to say one more thing. It's your um, episode, so. That's something that made me think of this, but to sooner that you deal with or pass things that you're struggling with, the better that you will feel and can move on with your life. Started to talk about it in therapy. Um, it's hard. It's really hard to do. Um, I hate crying. I cry in there. I'm just like, it's. You know, I'm just like, sorry, I'm crying. And she's would never, you know, make me feel bad about crying. But it's just you can't go on forever burying the stuff and never deal with it because it just it really ends up um, making you in forms of like autoimmune disease and stuff like that. Um, it keeps you down. and It's hard to do, but do it. Because doing the work pays off. And you're able to enjoy life better. And that doesn't mean life isn't going to hit you once you've worked through the past. It's still going to hit you, but you're going to know how to deal with it and have those coping mechanisms that you didn't have prior. And also you're going to have someone to go and talk to through those hard days, those hard times when life hits you. And you're also going to feel comfortable to talk to, you know, sit down like we are not on mic, but work through and open up to someone you trust that you can confide in. That's going to be honest with you. Um, cause they want to see you succeed in life. Yeah. And just to like, it doesn't mean you're not going to struggle. And I am still, I still definitely struggle. I do but too. You have, you have, we have reminders. I think that's, what's the most helpful navigate your struggles better with open to talk about it and stuff like that. And like, literally, I put three reminders in my phone yesterday cause I knew I was going to feel like overwhelmed. And I was, it was almost like I was doing this thing where I feel responsible for other people's emotions. And if I put reminders just in my phone to not feel like that. And that was like, with the help of my, tried that out. So I set one for different parts of the day to remind me to not, not do that and to be present in the moment. 
That's some good advice right there. Um, so go check out, what is it, Made, Maiden Therapy? Madewell Center. Madewell Center here in Wilmington if you're looking for a therapist. I think they do, um, I'm pretty sure they do Zoom. I mean, I know a they do Zoom, but I think it's, yeah. Active, so you could check that out. Uh, yeah. If you're in Charlotte, I see um, Dr. Dodd. His wife's also there, but uh, Level Ground Christian Therapy. And he does Zoom, I know. Um, and then the Barnabas Center is another good place in Charlotte. Um, actually played in a golf tournament fundraiser for um, a dear friend that passed away earlier this year. Um, but played with the gentleman who started the Barnabas Center and had some great conversations while I was half awake after working 48 hours and going straight to play in a golf tournament. It was tough, but uh, it was neat to meet him. So check out um, Level Ground Christian Therapy or Barnabas Center in Charlotte and one more time. Madewell Center. Madewell yeah. Center here in Wilmington. Um, but Mac, thank you. Um, and you, in my phone, it's been, I guess, since high school, but Mac the best. Yeah, the best. Mac the best. And you are. Um, and everyone is the best. You just have to believe that and know that. Um, everyone's struggling. Um, you're not alone. Um, so thank you just for your vulnerability um, to open up um, and talk about, you know, your family dynamics, um, the struggles you've had in relationships, um, you know, in navigating life uh, to getting three credit hours in theater to now about to graduate from UNCW that has a perfect football record. They've never lost. <laughs> Um, just throwing that out there. It's because we don't have a football team. All right. Well, <laughs> there goes my joke. Um, but, um, just into, you know, always, um, enjoying theater music, but to seeing you on the big screen was amazing last night. I'm just so proud of you, but thank you for your vulnerability and just sitting down. I mean, we've had a lot of conversations like this, but never, uh, on, uh, a recording or on the podcast so that i, I knew about yeah that we know about <laughs> but this will definitely help a lot of people um that are struggling and um and some that you know think everyone has the picture perfect family um and they're the only ones that don't or ones that think every family is perfect they're not um so thank you and i love every member of your family um in their each known way um but that's what a family is. No family is perfect, as we talked about today. So thank you just for um, our friendship, um, allowing me to come down here, see you on the big screen. Um, Anytime. And then just sitting down and um, just opening up and being vulnerable um, with me and, you know, whoever listens. Yeah, hopefully. Maybe a few people. Yeah, I think a few will. <laughs> Thanks for having me on here. It was yeah. fun. Yeah, episode 84, um, which is crazy to think. Uh, over two years of doing this, and who knows where it'll go, or what will happen with it, but one story at a time, huh? Two years is a long time. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so just thank you, love you, um, and can't wait to see what... God has in store for you and all that uh, you're going to do in life. So thank you. Thank you. I love you too. Yes. Um, 
Thank you all for tuning in this week to the Rabbit Hole Show, um, episode 84. I'm just sitting down talking with my good friend, Mac the Best, a.k.a. Mac Barwick, um, and just hearing her story, um, navigating life, family dynamics, and just how, I guess, not ironic, but just the movie that she was in, her first movie, and that I saw last night, kind of depicted some of struggles that she had in life um so not sure when that movie will be out um what but you can follow um imaging movie on instagram and and i'll tag them in this um on instagram um and um honey well film or honey head films honey head films um check them out uh, but when this does come out to a streaming service, definitely check this movie out. Um, a song for Imogene. Um, it's a tough one to watch just because of the nature and storyline, but it's one that um, I feel like most people need to see um, because a lot of people struggle with that. Um, but so thank you all just for tuning in this week. This has been a real special episode for me just because my relationship with Mac um, and just all that we've been through as friends um, and just that we're able to both sit here and laugh and just talk about some struggles that we've had. So um, go subscribe, follow on whatever platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We got a few on YouTube. Um and just give us a follow share the podcast with um any everyone because again we all have a story we all have struggles and the good news is we're not alone um i love y'all and stay tuned for next week's episode